Good afternoon, everyone. This is a, a new episode of the Off Topical Podcast. My name is Gardner, and joining me today, we have Wolfgang. How's it going, my dude? Hey, everyone. Yeah, it's going pretty good. How about you? Oh, man, it's going great. I'm super stoked. Uh, we're talking about some cool stuff today. We're talking about uh, Disney Plus has 94.9 million subscribers. We're also talking about uh, CD Projekt Red's hack, uh, that where the hackers actually sold this information. We're also talking about Microsoft's uh, approach to Pinterest about an acquisition and the Florida water treatment uh, plant that was hacked. All this and more today. Before we get started, I want to give a special shout out to Linode, the sponsor of today's episode. Linode is a company rooted in open source, built from the ground up to help you achieve whatever you want, both easily and affordably. Linode started in 2003 as one of the first companies in the cloud computing space, three years before AWS and other enterprise providers. They provide virtual servers that make it easy and affordable for you to host anything in the cloud. Building your own website? Most entry-level hosting services are fine for a while, but if you want to be in control, do what you want, and actually own your website, Linode is your step up to powerful, totally customizable cloud hosting. So whether you're into gaming, stuck on a proprietary hosting service, or just want to put a file in the cloud and share it with the world, Linode is there for you. Every plan comes with Linode's amazing, human-powered customer support. If you need help, someone will pick up the phone, respond to your email, or reply to your socials 24-7, 365. If it runs on Linux, it runs on Linode. Off-topical listeners get a special deal from Linode. $100 60-day credit on new Linode accounts. Get started now by visiting linode.com slash off-topical to get your free credit today. And thanks again to Linode for supporting Off-topical. So let's talk about the Disney first. Because uh, Disney has apparently reported that they now have 94.9 million subscribers, which is almost half as much as Netflix has. Yeah. And that's, that, that's crazy growth. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And as, as they project, they, they, they used to project that they will reach this number, 60 to 90 million towards ni- uh, 2024. But if they keep up with the tempo, they, they will actually have... 230 to 260 million subscribers by 2024 yeah and and uh 12 billion users by 2030 right (laughs) yeah i I remember there was an xkcd about this about the projections (laughs) right (laughs) there's an xkcd comic for everything uh yeah this is like this is crazy to me because like the growth has been especially strong because of the pandemic um i signed up for a disney plus account literally so i could watch hamilton uh and then uh and then i think my roommate ended up actually getting one so he could watch uh, the mandalorian um i don't know do you have a disney plus account Uh, i actually got three months of disney plus for free when i signed up for my internet contract so oh, wow. I, I haven't actually used it. I think me and my roommate, we watched like something there, um, some documentary or something, because there are actually a lot of documentaries in there, which I didn't know about. Yeah. But apart from, but apart from that, no, I don't really like watch stuff on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, is it the same where you're at uh, versus where in America? You mean like the same content? Yeah. Like I mean, I... I don't exactly have like an American Disney Plus account ah, to compare, but I think yeah, save for like maybe a few like movies with like kind of weird copyright issues, I think it's pretty much the same. It's not like it's not like Netflix where you have like, you know, right. geofenced content. Yeah, yeah, that you know, that's that's like the thing is like uh for me I feel like I'm spoiled for choice when it comes to that kind of stuff like uh Except for like uh, Star Trek Discovery, which is on Netflix everywhere else, but in the United States it's on CBS All Access, um, which nobody wants. Nobody wants <laughs> CBS All Access. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of crazy to me. Uh, the f- the fact is uh, that Disney is actually planning. Uh, what is it? Eighty percent of their films and television projects are slated to directly release on Disney Plus, totally bypassing traditional television and. Uh, 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 like movie theaters, like mm-hmm. it's it's very strange to me, like that Disney could go all in like that. If they have ninety four million, um, wait, let's do a little math. If they have ninety four million, right, ninety four point nine million times what is it, five ninety nine a month? 
Uh, I think so, yeah. That's... Oh, yeah. That's 586... Or $568 million, is that correct? I think so, yeah. But at the same time, um, when it comes to, like, cinemas and movie theaters... That's something that people, you know, pay for maybe once a month. Like when, when a new movie comes out and they want to watch it, they will go to movie theater, right? Yeah. But on Disney Plus, you also have movies that aren't in the movie theaters anymore, and people would still pay to watch them, even though they couldn't exactly like you know do a new. They couldn't like air it again on TV or in the movie theaters because they're old. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's. Uh, that's a ton of money. <laughs> yeah, making. And it's kind of dangerous for like movie theaters. I feel yeah, absolutely. The fact that is. those like well, the pandemic obviously didn't help, but then during the pandemic, you know, those streaming companies they also realized that, and you know, streaming companies slash movie production companies like Disney, that they can just kind of air their movies on their own streaming platform instead of just like bothering to go like through the movie theater or through TVs. So that's kind of dangerous. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, it all makes you think maybe this was all part of Walt Disney's grand master plan to have a pandemic in 2020. (laughs) They kind of collaborated with Bill Gates on that one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was Uh, was a little bit spicy. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All I, all I know is that uh, uh, noted anti-monopoly pundit Gardner Bryant says it's time to break up Disney. That's all mm. I know. Who is this guy anyway? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Disney Yeah, I feel like the only shows that I care about on Disney are like Mandalorian. And I'm not even a Star Wars fan, you know? Mhm. Like Mandalorian yeah. is is really good. I I'm more of a John Favreau fan. Like basically anything John Favreau does, I I like. Um I don't know. Yeah, do, yeah do, I'm not, do you not familiar with him? Uh, he was the guy, he was the guy who did uh, Iron Man, like the first two Iron Man movies. I think he might oh. have a third one, and he did um, uh, he did a movie uh, called Chef, uh, and I'm trying to think. I, I'm blanking on the rest of his uh, stuff, but I've liked basically everything I've seen from him. I see. Yeah, I watched the first two Iron Man, and I'm not sure if it's like nostalgia element. And yeah, I guess I'm that old where like <laughs> Iron Man one is like nostalgic or something. Yeah. But yeah, I guess I liked it back when I watched it. I like can't say I'm a huge fan, but yeah, when it comes yeah. to Disney, I think they have like a big um, they have a big advantage when it when it comes to like if you compare it with Netflix, and that is like nostalgia, right? Yeah. Yeah, because like a I lot mean, of that's Disney what... stuff is nostalgic for people, like you know Disney princess uh, cartoons and all that kind of stuff. Something that Netflix yeah. doesn't have. Yeah, uh, Martin Scorsese actually, I think it was Martin Scorsese said that he thought uh, that these uh, like these big blockbuster Marvel movies were nothing but um, uh, uh, what did he call them? Like like uh, amusement park rides. Like he said they weren't really films anymore; they were amusement park rides. And I thought that was I mean, interesting because it's it's basically capitalizing on visual like the iconography that Disney owns, like the intellectual property, but it doesn't have a lot of substance to it, you know. I mean, kind of, I guess. I mean, at the same uh, time, there's this like Marvel Cinematic Universe, and like it's I, I'm not like really you know into it. I don't know anything about it, but it's supposed to yeah. be like kind of deep in terms of like plots and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I, I'm not a big Marvel fan either. I'll be honest. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's cool. You can, it's, it's something that you can watch, like, kind of, you know, in the background. It's yeah. simple enough to where you can follow the plot while doing something else in parallel. But I wouldn't, like, actually, like, deliberately watch a Marvel movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, well, uh, let's see. Uh, what are we talking about next? Calling all Linux engineers. AMD is hiring. Did you hear about this one, man? Yes, it's actually impressive how, like, AMD is the the company, like, a mainstream company that is, like, probably uh, doing the most for Linux in terms of, like, hardware support and drivers, and they're just, they they just won't stop going, they're just doubling down, they won't, Mm -hmm. they don't miss, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really impressed with uh, like the support that AMD has, especially when you compare it to 
the competition. Uh, AMD focuses mostly on open source drivers, it seems, for at least for their graphics cards. And so, like you know, uh, you know, I have a Radeon Vega sixty four in my uh, in my desktop here, and uh, you know, I don't have to install proprietary drivers in order to use it. And I think that's yeah, freaking nice. sweet. Uh, comp- contrast that with the Titan X uh, that I have sitting here on my desk. And you have to have proprietary drivers in order to use it, or at least to play games. Like you can yeah. use the Nuvo drivers, but they're not super uh, optimized. Um, yeah, they're basically abysmal when it comes to performance because of yeah. like Nvidia. Yeah. Um, so the, basically, uh, AMD are looking to hire a manager for Linux kernel development, a Linux technical lead, Linux engineers, and a Linux system architect, among many other. Uh, traditional software and hardware roles. Uh, if you have uh, any uh, uh, skills that might fit those qualifications, you can head over to the show notes. There'll be a link at the uh, wherever you're watching this uh, to the show notes here, and you'll find a link from there to the article reporting on this at Pharonix. Um These jobs are part of like a broader effort by AMD to uh, expand their Linux support and bolster their Linux teams, right? Um, I'm hoping that like what this means is that they'll be able to get uh, their hardware supported in mainline Linux kernels and in, in distros uh, when the product actually launches, right? Like that would be a a really cool thing to have from AMD. Yeah. And I also think that they're trying to like rival Linux in the server space. So yeah, uh, with, with their Epic processors and with like, Threat rippers, and that's mainly yeah. that might be mainly like why they're hiring so many people like for Linux. That's just like my guess. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Yeah, Epic, um, they're really trying to 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 push their way into the server space more. I mean, there are a bunch of uh, Epic processors uh, deployed in in clouds around the around the world, but if they can support the latest stuff in the Linux kernel in distros as they launch their new products that might be able to give them an even greater edge when it comes to mm-hmm. like worldwide deployment. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, with AMD cards there, there was like this issue with the latest Navi. I mean, with the previous generation Navi cards to where you couldn't really use them for GPU pass through. So basically when mm. you have two cards in your system and you use like the quote unquote weak card for your host system, just to render the UI and you use the beefy card. to pass it through to the windows or something, you know, maybe Linux virtual machine. And you basically utilize the full power of the GPU to play games on your virtual machine. So until recently, I think until the big Navi launch, it was kind of, kind of finicky like there will, there will be some error with the 5700 and you know 5700 xt cards but this was now fixed so uh, amd is doing a real good real good job with like fixing those little bugs and you know just fixing all the issues and yeah it's pretty cool yeah have you tried uh gpu virtualization or anything like that uh no i actually i was lucky enough to snag a 6800 xt Almost on a day, on like a launch day, I was wow. just f f fiving like <laughs> just as though I as though I wanted to save my life, I guess. Yeah. And I managed to get one just hundred fifty dollars above the MSRP. Wow, dude. Yeah, and I I kind of briefly tried it in Linux, uh, but it was basically the launch week, so it was still a nightmare when it comes to like yeah. you know out of the box support. I managed to like compile the. Um, the kernel sources from Git, and I needed like a new like a Mesa also from Git, and then I managed to actually like get to the to the X11 to the UI, and it was still kind of like there was there were like a lot of issues, so I kind of decided to uh, mm. get rid of it, and I managed to exchange it uh, for a Ryzen CPU, also a new one on like the you know second hand markets. So you you don't have that uh, 6800 anymore? No, no, no. I actually like bought a 3080 instead sorry oh, okay I, I went to the dark side <laughs> <laughs> a 3080 yeah uh see i i mean as much as i don't like the proprietary drivers i mean they do perform well when it comes to nvidia um on linux um i really do want to like build a machine that does gpu pass through and runs like 
I, as you know, I, I have to run uh, Windows for like the Adobe Cloud. Like I have to use that for some of my clients, um, and uh, so I really want to have a, um, a, a a Windows VM rather than having to dual boot. And it needs to have a graphics card so I can actually like render videos mm-hmm. um, with like with the NVN code or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean that's doable. Like you, you just you can just buy like something like NVIDIA seven ten or seven thirty, maybe even passively cooled, you know, to avoid mm. the noise. You just stick it in your system and use it for the for the host. Yeah, that would be that would be that'd be cool. I, I really want to do something like that because, yeah, dual booting yeah, sucks. Same. Like having to reboot into, <laughs> into Windows. I know, I know, man. I like I'm, I'm mostly running Windows on my desktop because I the two things that I do on my desktop is editing videos and playing games mm-hmm. and for both of those of those things it's like for me two of those things are more comfortable to do in windows because mm-hmm. on linux whenever i try to like edit a video or play some kind of a game like a windows game i end up spending more time fixing some like little issues here and there than actually doing the work mm-hmm. so i would also like to get like a second graphics card and basically game on linux because like it can be done like i would be fine yeah. with like you know five or ten fps lost because nowadays with like proton and with steam play it's as easy as with windows maybe like almost but like yeah when it comes to video editing i would prefer to have a windows vm yeah i feel that it i i actually prefer caden live in most instances to uh adobe premiere because guess what caden live is more stable than Adobe Premiere. <laughs> like oh, I've no. had I've had Premiere crash on me uh basically every other time that I've used it. Every other time. And and it, when uh, when Premiere crashes, it doesn't just crash uh Premiere. It crashes every Adobe app on my system. None of them r- will launch after Premiere crashes, and it also uh prevents Windows from playing back any other video. It doesn't That's matter if weird. it's on YouTube. It doesn't matter if it's through VLC. It just won't play back video after that. That's <laughs> it's so weird, man. crazy to me. I don't understand it. Like, uh, and I, I, had a, I said something about that on Twitter, I think. And someone said uh, the problem exists between a keyboard and uh, chair. So... It might be my fault somehow, oh, but yeah, it happens. It's reliable, you know. It happens every time. Like I can, I can count on it. It's weird. Like I also have issues with like DaVinci Resolve because like I really try to like it when it comes to video editing because mm. it's 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 just better than Premiere in, in like in my opinion when it comes to workflow. But it just crashes constantly. Like if I import like footage from my camera and from obs it just crashes like it it kind of quits like it doesn't play crash crash message or anything it just quits quietly so i also went to their forums and they told me yeah man it's just like your your camera sucks like it it kind of outputs like a bad video format you gotta buy our like 700 dollars external recorders to record like in prores or something like that so i was like yeah no thanks that's yeah that i've heard a lot of like things about like uh that that software uh, resolve because like mm-hmm. that it doesn't like basically any consumer level camera or video pretty format. much yeah it uh it basically started off as a color grading software for hollywood so it's like serious business right yeah and it, it kind of slowly evolved into this like all all purpose like a uh, general purpose sorry video editor for like everyone but at the same time it still has this legacy to where, like, it's very picky when it comes to video formats. But, yeah, uh, should we talk uh, about the recent CD Projekt Red fiasco? Oh, definitely. Uh, so, basically, I think everyone knows this at this point, but uh, the developer of games, which nobody ever heard about, such as <laughs> Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk 2077, CD Projekt Red was hacked uh, by some kind of criminals, and they also left a ransom note saying that, oh, if CD Projekt Riot doesn't pay them, like, $1 million or something like that in Bitcoin, they will basically leak all the source codes for the games, and that's what they did. So basically, this all this data was 
on sale on some kind of a dark web uh, forum for like hackers and uh, you know criminals and it reportedly got sold so the initial bid was one million dollars and they had a buy it now price for seven million so mm. right now that's sold and it wasn't just like source code either it was like sensitive hr and financial info uh documents Oof. as well there was like a ton of info in here that was like uh not even related to the games that they're uh creating um and and also it's not it hasn't been uh confirmed or denied that there were uh prototypes of other games that they had been working on that were stolen as well um so this is this is like a a massive breach of uh, cd project red and uh yeah it, it's crazy the, the cybersecurity firm uh klea or clea i'm not sure if you how you pronounce that confirmed that there was uh the auction was closed on the dark web and that uh hackers have reported uh, selling the info they said quote uh, uh the, the hackers or or the person managing the forum i guess said quote uh an offer was received outside the forum that satisfied us uh with the conditions of no, uh, further non-distribution in this regard they have uh they were forced to withdraw the lot from the sale interesting um, yeah which kind of makes me suspect that maybe cd project red actually gave in to their demands uh under the condition that they didn't distribute anything further right could be yeah could be that yeah because it's not it's not clear who made the quote satisfying offer right i mean obviously because you know if it was clear that they would probably be in jail by now (laughs) (laughs) right yeah the uh, it's it's very strange to me like the world that we live in uh where you know hackers can just break in uh to any unsecured system or even systems that have been secured but have weak uh you know uh human you know people who can be susceptible to uh, phishing attacks or whatever yeah it's, it's, it's just it gets more and more dangerous the more employees the company has because now basically your company's data and you know infrastructure is as secure as the least of like your computer savvy the employee basically yeah so if you have someone who's not reading to computers who's like susceptible to like clicking some fishy links uh and emails you're basically you're screwed yeah it, it's yeah i mean that's really what it comes down to is like security comes down to the weakest the, the lowest common denominator right yeah and it, it and it sucks because it's like it does you know this is me trying to solve problems again but uh i i just wish that there was like some way to to secure stuff better <laughs> i know i, I mean there, there are ways but the problem is it, it requires a lot of money and a lot of like human power but yeah as you might imagine like city project red in, in the last, you know, six months or even like a couple of years, that might not have been their focus. They were, they were pretty much focused on like getting this game out the door fast, I guess. Yeah. Right. And also like uh, about this CD Projekt Red hack, it's uh, it kind of uh, sparkled another discussion on Twitter, which I wasn't a part of. I was just a spectator. But at the same time, it made me question my like my faith in humanity and like made me seriously consider like leave twitter because people were basically discussing debating whether it was ethical to hack cd project red because the you know cyberpunk 2077 release was bad like yeah the the a phrase like such as guys guys calm down just because they released a bad game doesn't make it ethical to hack them like right. it was there in a very serious tone and i was like oh my god okay i'm, I'm leaving twitter bye yeah uh yeah i saw something like that too and i was like i don't understand you know maybe maybe their marketing was deceptive but that doesn't mean that they should be like uh subject to mob justice which is what this kind of is like like hackers just took it upon themselves to exact revenge against cd project red for for this and you know i'm not defending uh cyberpunk's launch uh, I actually played uh, the first like hour maybe of uh, Cyberpunk on my streaming channel on YouTube, 
uh, and it was an absolute disaster. And I was playing it through Proton, but I mean, a lot of the things that I had uh, that I was seeing, other people, you know, on PC were seeing. And so it's yeah. like, yes, they had a very bad launch. Doesn't make it okay to steal their data and to and to ransom it. Like that's yeah, not it's like, that's not okay. Y- you basically you punish the whole company and the people who are going to get the, the short end and the stick. It's going to be yeah. like the regular employees, the developers, the programmers who right. like it. The launch wasn't even their fault. Like if if you want to, you know, if you want to find someone to blame, I would blame like the stakeholders, the CEO, the like managers, mm-hmm. basically people people who hyped it up for the launch just to get like more sponsorship, just to get more money more like capital you could say and then like they got this reality check that the game wasn't anywhere like close to being ready and they decided to go for it anyway because they were like you know what screw it wouldn't care what comes afterwards wouldn't care about like the backlash when release the game and people realize it's a buggy mess which is like nowhere near like even beta stage but that's fine because we're gonna get the money so you know whatever Mm. Yeah. So this is this is interesting. Uh kind of going off what we're talking about. When did you first hear of Cyberpunk? Um I'm not sure. You know, it's like at this point I feel like it's just been with us since like <laughs> some time. Like kind yeah. of as a as this thing that we're all aware of there is they're kind of like Half-Life 3, you know, I guess. Yeah. So for me, I'm pretty sure I heard of Cyberpunk 2077 back, like, uh, around the time that like Bioshock came out, like the first Bioshock. Oh well, I mean that was like 2000 and what seven eight seven? I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. Because like you know that you know that uh, Cyberpunk trailer, like the teaser trailer where, where it's like that that woman with the sides coming out of her arms. Did you see that one? Uh, it's like all in not, slow motion and there's bullets flying towards her. Not really, no. No. So here's so I saw I know for a fact that I saw that trailer. Um I downloaded it through Xbox Live. Like on the 360. And I'm pretty sure I downloaded it around the time I was playing BioShock. I mean, it could be, it could be. Yeah. Uh, well, I, it's just like nuts because this game has been. I mean, if I, I looked it up on Wikipedia and it said that the game was announced May of 2012, but that doesn't. That I mean, it feels like I I knew about the game way before then. But the fact is, like this game's been in development for at least ten uh, nine years, according to Wikipedia. So, uh, like, what the heck? <laughs> like, why is yeah. why was it such a disaster? Uh, and it was based. I don't know if you. I'm not sure if you know, but it was based on the tabletop game, which was, I'm not sure if it was called Cyberpunk, but basically the guy who made this tabletop game, he was looking for, he, he made it back in the 80s, you know, so it was like way back in the days. And all this time, like he, he was looking for a game development team to like basically make a computer game version of his tabletop game. And it took him like about 30 years to find, to, to find CD Projekt Red. Wow. Dang, I did. I knew that it was based on something, but I thought it was a book. But I, I guess, yeah, it makes sense that it was a like an RPG, was it? Yeah, The Witcher Three was based on a book. I mean, not three, but just like the whole series right. was based on a book. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, but whatever. If you're one of those people out there, if you're one of those people listening, and you think it was okay for for hackers to attack CD Projekt Red, rethink your your position here. It's not okay. Re- uh, re- reevaluate your uh, life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That reminds me of Obi-Wan in uh, the prequels when the guy came up and was like, you want to buy some death sticks? And he's like, you don't want to sell me death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I love that. Yeah. Speaking of rethinking your life, Microsoft. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Microsoft is thinking about buying Pinterest. Apparently, mm. yes. Microsoft approached Pinterest about an acquisition. Uh, this was, uh, 
uh, let's see. They they want to, they've been trying to enter the social media space for a while, and you know it, it brings to mind you know that they bid on TikTok last year, uh, and they had acquired LinkedIn and GitHub, and I would consider GitHub sort of social media, right? Like it's yeah. it's like social coding is what they used to say as their tagline. Yeah. Um, and say it's and, like SoundCloud for developers, basically. Yeah, right. That's a good analogy. Um, so Microsoft had reportedly set their sights on Pinterest, uh, which it was more of a consumer facing thing than the professional social media that they had been targeting. And, uh, the problem is Pinterest, especially during this, uh, this pandemic that we're living through is worth about $51 billion right now, Oof. which seems like a lot of fricking money to me, like, like way more than it's worth. Uh, yeah, exactly. You would think it's irrelevant, you know, it's like, on the on the scale of relevancy is close to like MySpace, you know. Yeah, but I, you know, at the same time, like we're in re- you and I are not their target demographic. <laughs> okay, so who do you like, think is their target demographics? Um, women. So I, I, the only time I've ever seen Pinterest being used was when I used to work at a desi- at a design firm. They did like you know interior design and they sold furniture. And they used it all the time. All the women, all the designers there all used Pinterest to collaborate with their clients. So mm-hmm. it, is a, it is a relevant platform, just not to you and me. I um, see. But $51 billion is a crazy inflated number. And I think Microsoft kind of realized that, right? Like, given its, given its current value... I don't think Microsoft – I think Microsoft made the right decision where they didn't they, – I mean, they stopped pursuing uh, the acquisition of Pinterest. Um, but it's been – it just started uh, being reported about earlier uh, – I think it was like yesterday or the day before. Um, the value the value just wasn't on the table. Um, but I guess I, it does kind of leave the door open to the idea of purchasing Pinterest when that burble, bubble inevitably busts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I guess we're not going to have um, our live, love, laugh posters taken anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're living, we're loving, we're laughing. That's so funny. Yeah, like Microsoft should, should just like live, live, love, leave us alone. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I love that. I, I want to turn that into a t-shirt. Like Microsoft should live, love, leave us alone. Yeah, I guess it's like it's. The same problem that, like, you know, kind of persists with all the meme t-shirts. They they do fall out of relevancy pretty soon. So it's going to be, like, kind of kind of cringe Yeah, wearing that. Oh, man. That that might be the best quote I've ever heard, dude. <laughs> that made me laugh really hard. I didn't invent it, unfortunately. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude. Okay. Microsoft. I, all I have to say is Microsoft needs to, like, butt out. That's what I think. Where's the yeah. SEC when you need it? Like, these guys should. I just don't understand like the acquisition culture. Like, why? why? Acquisition culture. That's the, that's the first time I, see, I hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to uh, uh, cancel culture or what? I don't know. Yeah, just in general, like X culture. You know, it's like acquisition yeah. culture is like that's some bougie stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's like. Uh, you know, the first time, the, the way you get into acquisition culture is you, you start a, a Silicon Valley startup company, uh, you overinflate the value of your company, and then you approach Microsoft or whoever to buy the company. That, that's, that's some bougie stuff. Absolutely. Or <laughs> you write a, like, you write a useful program or you make a useful service or website, and then basically it gets very big. And after a year, Google kind of slides into your DMs and goes, hi, do you want to you want to sell it to us for like a billion dollars? We promise not to change anything. We promise to respect your artistic choice and you get the money. So how about that, kid? You go, yeah, sure, I guess I could use some money. So Google buys it out. They kind of kind of go with it for like, go with it for like a month or two and then they just close it for like, quote unquote, lack of interest. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, the, micro, that's the Google way for sure. Did you Have hear you about Stadia? The, oh, yeah, Stadia, absolutely. I was just, I was like about to, tell you about the website called google graveyard oh i didn't what is that it's basically a list of all the services that google closed or discontinued is that like after acquisitions or just ones that they started internally as well um the latter i think 
Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Do you remember Google Wave? No. <laughs> I can't remember, say uh, I do. <laughs> uh, so Google Wave was like this idea that they had where it was like uh, real-time collaboration boards. So it was it was kind of like Kanban boards, but it was also kind of like an instant messenger, kind of like email, kind of like Teams. It was very strange, but like uh. it was – you could like go in and you could like create these boards – uh, or like a wave is what they called it, and you could like collaborate and upload stuff and organize all of your all of the stuff. It was interesting, and I liked it, and I used it a lot. And then they just were like, "Oh yeah, nobody uses this anymore, so bye bye." And they just got rid of it. And it's like so much for innovation. <laughs> yeah, it's like what you just described to me sounds like peak Silicon Valley, you know? Yeah. Google Wave. I'm, I have to Google this now. Google Wave. Oh, Google originally live? Google originally developed it as Wave, but it became Apache Wave in two thousand. Oh, twenty eleven. But it's still like a thing from Apache. If it is, that's weird, dude. Yeah. I don't know. It's strange. Anyway. That's a different rabbit hole. Uh, st- pretty, but you heard, did you hear about Stadia, though? Yes. Uh, it was promised to be this big, like, uh, cloud gaming streaming platform, but it, it was kind of a flop, right? Yeah, I, I've seen that there are people that are using it, uh, but it's not performing as well as they were hoping it would. And they had an internal game development studio, and they have decided that they're closing the internal game development studio, which doesn't bode well for the future of Stadia, in my opinion. I see. Yeah. I don't know. I, Google, Google is uh, one of those companies where it's just, it, it's cringe, and it's, like, I just, all the time I'm like, why, why does Google behave this way? It's so strange the way they Can you just be normal? <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Uh, did you hear about the water treatment plant that was hacked in Florida? Oh yeah, that was crazy. Um, it's where they use the team viewer to like increase some kind of a chemical level and basically try to try to like uh, poison the whole the whole water supply, right? Yeah. Yep. So they use lye or sodium hydroxide in order to like deacidify. Uh, I believe it's it's deacidify the uh, the thing. And in small in small doses, you know, sodium hydroxide is fine. But like they increased it. Uh, so the ha- the intruder actually increased the sodium hydroxide level by a factor of one hundred. I think it went from like one hundred parts per million to like. 15,000 parts per million or something like that. It was, it's not good for, <laughs> for people. Yeah, I um, guess you could say they cranked it up to 11, huh? It, they did for sure. Uh, yeah, the, the, the problem is, is that the plant was using Windows 7 on a machine to remotely access, or on the machines, to remotely access the control software called SCADA, right? But what's even yep. crazier to me is that all of the employees shared a single username and password for remote logins, and they were using TeamViewer. Oh, God. Real IT security hours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is just – that's an abomination to me. The, so investigators said that um, unidentified actors uh, accessed the water treatments plant – the water treatment plant's SCADA controls – via remote access software team viewer which was installed on one of several computers uh the water treatment plant personnel used to conduct uh system status checks and to respond to alarms or any other issues that arose during the water treatment process it was using windows 7 and uh which has been out of date since like january or of last year is that right and I think so. I think it's still uh, it was either Windows Seven or Windows Eight Point One that still receives the critical security updates. Mm, I think, I think it was, it's Eight Point One. I don't think Windows Seven has, unless you're paying like a like a like a 
a fee to Microsoft every month for security updates. I don't think yeah, they exactly. support Windows 7 anymore. But I guess the issue here is not really Windows 7. It's more like the TeamViewer part. Because even if yeah. they were running like up, up-to-date uh, Windows 10 version, the TeamViewer would still be the reason why it even happened. Right, absolutely. But I think the Windows 7 thing illustrates that this, this, com- this not company, but this municipality doesn't take security seriously, right? Like, yeah, the fact that it's running Windows 7 and it's out of date, uh, and the fact that, like, they're using a single username and password across the entire company yeah. uh, is unforgivable. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's tragically preventable. All of this stuff could have been... You know, if they took, if they had one person on the team who actually knew what they were doing when it comes to cybersecurity, they would, this could have been uh, at least traced back to the source. Because, I mean, we said earlier, right? Like, we said earlier that the smallest, uh, that the lowest common denominator is your, is your, uh, is your threat, right? And, and people are the lowest common denominator when it comes to computers. So, so like, even if, uh, your, you know, even if like you had like multiple sign-in accounts, you could fish uh, someone and and get their username and password. You could do X, Y, and Z to log into this uh, thing. Um, but at the same time, there were safeguards in place that would have alerted the uh, the staff to like dangerous conditions in the water supply if this attack had been successful, but it wasn't. And it wasn't successful because someone was watching a, the team viewer while the attacker was also logged in and they watched the attackers use the mouse to change the, th- the, uh, the uh, ratio of sodium hydroxide in the water, which when I first read that, I was like, what is this, a movie? But no. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, you know, you know, like how in a movie, like the good guys are watching the hackers hack the machine. That's not how it works, ninety nine percent of the time. But in this one instance, because the security was so bad, it was like a movie. Yeah, like, that's I'm just crazy. like imagining this kind of like security guard like eating donuts, kind of <laughs> like you know leisurely like sitting in a chair, and then he just sees the like high hydrogen peroxide or whatever levels going up. And he's like, oh my god. Yeah, what? like, like a little bit of jelly frame. falls out of the donut onto his like blue yeah exactly shirt. oh my goodness <laughs> the hacked their systems we're being hacked yeah. how did they manage the it it was unbreakable the password was six five four three two one not the usual one two three six whatever it was it was water supply one two three four yeah it was like watery uh, boy sixty nine basically or something like that I don't know oh my goodness. The, I, all of this raises a serious question for me, though, right? It's like, why is critical infrastructure even connected to the Internet? Good question. That's, like, that's a great question. I, th- I feel like if you, if you have, like, very outdated, uh, you know, computer software, if you have this very lax security, you could get away with that as long as your stuff is air-gapped or, like, not connected to the internet at all. Yeah, and I don't right. see the reason why it would be, unless it's, like, connected with the other, like, water supply plants across the town. But even then, it should be, like, a, a private network. You know, it shouldn't... Like, if you're doing, like, water su- water treatment, there should be... Uh, you know, and you have to network it with other machines, like the municipality should pay to have it be a private network. It, I like just doing things over the internet for that kind of stuff just makes me absolutely crazy. I'm, I'm like livid right now with anger. This is we, uh, Oh my God. I don't even know what yeah, to I say understand. to this. I understand. Honestly, it's, uh, you just, you kind of need to consider those things, especially if you're running like critical infrastructure, like the most critical infrastructure, maybe that, can even exist in a town or a municipality, the water supply, right? Yeah. Like, you would think that would even, like, that would kind of motivate you to take security seriously, but no, let's just install Windows 7 and TeamViewer with the password 12344 and, like, you know, just write it out. See see what happens, you know? Unless it was a honeypot operation, you know, by, like, NSA and FBI. Right. 
Well, I, so uh, the thing is, like, uh, I didn't write this in the show notes, but I, what I read in the article was that Chris Krebs, uh, you know him, the security researcher? Uh, no, he, no, but, yeah, okay. Well, he testified that he thought this seemed like something, uh, like an attack from a disgruntled employee. Um, like, this, it didn't seem like a, a sophisticated kind of uh, attack. But it doesn't matter, really. Like, you know, a disgruntled employee is just as capable of installing TeamViewer at their house and logging in as they as they are of selling their username and password to uh, an adversary or even, uh, like, letting slip. You know, anyone can let slip this kind of um, information and, and, yeah. and cause critical damage. And it's like... You know, people would at least be sickened. Like, the city has a population of 15,000 people. And it's like, people could at least be sickened if not, like, killed by by sodium hydroxide poisoning. And it's like, you have to, this stuff has to be taken seriously. And, and they really need to be hiring experts uh, when they want to connect computers or, like, you know, computers that are managing infrastructure to the Internet. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, it's pretty, it just, pretty like uncontroversial opinion, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's super frustrating. It's wild, yeah. So I'm gonna get to some questions that I got. Uh, oh yes. For, for the podcast and the first one is from mx saturn uh best jelly bean flavor i Ooh. actually don't know because jelly beans aren't like that much of a thing in germany i guess uh, so like i'll just go with like orange or something orange is good i like orange yeah, orange I'll is go a good orange. flavor uh, overall uh i'm a big licorice fan oh yeah that's that too absolutely yeah licorice is is uh is great i love it <laughs> um alex sibes asked favorite metal band uh-huh uh i don't like listen to metal per se because i mean there's like there are tons of like sub genres but yeah. i i mostly like to listen to like gent and like post hardcore kind of stuff and i'd say north lane because they're like very vaguely like metal ish mm-hmm. but i like this band a lot Nice. Uh, I haven't heard of them. What are they? What are they? Are they like gent? Uh, I wouldn't like. I don't really know because you know we're, we live in crazy times. Genres don't <laughs> exist anymore. Yeah. So they used to kind of like gent slash post hardcore slash like electronic kind of stuff, and okay. it's it's pretty interesting. Nice. And they have like a new frontman, and like yeah, in the new album they have this kind of like tragic backstory where like this frontman he comes from like. A family of addicts basically and like mm. the the songs are all basically about like his abusive childhood and like about how he like got through it and it's, it's pretty like emotional i guess you okay. could say yeah that sounds interesting I'll, I'll check them out um for me my favorite metal band i don't know if they per, like perfectly qualify as a metal band but deftones um, oh yeah i love deftones, deftones are really cool my favorite album by them is hexagram they uh they are just fantastic and uh i think every song on hexagram is just a a gorgeous um and melancholic sound and i just love it Um, check it out because my favorite one is white pony i mean it's i guess i guess i'm pretty vanilla like that but i kind of like it Mm. another band that i really like and i don't think they qualify as metal but they're they have kind of a pretty hard edge uh is color revolt spelled like in the british color like with a u um, but they're from they're like they're like Southern American rock, but very hard, um, I, I, really good. And I don't know almost anyone else who knows of this band, but I highly recommend Color Revolt. Um, yeah, I never heard about them either. Yeah, they're really cool. Uh, let's see. Stu does Linux asks um, on a scale from one to ten, how excited are you about the Snyder Cut? Um, I think we talked about superheroes a little bit. I'm not a big superhero fan. I, are you? Not really. I mean, yeah. I do like like the Batman trilogy from like Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Nolan. I know, like that's a 
It's a very like vanilla opinion to like Christopher Nolan. <laughs> I, I don't personally think his like you know his movies are like masterpieces of cinematography, mm. but like yeah, I like this trilogy. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like uh, I saw the the second one with J- the Joker, and I didn't see the other ones. That was pretty good. Um, yeah. And then what was the other Christopher Nolan movie I liked? Uh, Interstellar. I thought that was really good. Yeah, I mean, people used to like it. Tenet. I, I didn't. I don't really like care much for Tenet. I, I tried to watch it, and I felt like the movie was trying to like outsmart itself. I guess. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. No. Um, okay. I saw what was the what was the uh, Inception? I saw that and I thought it was kind of pretentious. Hmm. I mean, I guess you could say that about like every Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's true. <laughs> uh, do you have any other questions? Um. No, not not like any kind of questions that would, would be relevant in the podcast. I guess. Uh, I have one more. This is from okay. Veronica Carey. Veronica asks. Vertical versus horizontal workspaces in future versions of GNOME. What are the merits and the risks of altering an established metaphor? Ooh, is, was that one question? Uh, yeah. What, so it's one question. What are the merits and risks of altering uh, vertical workspaces and turning them into horizontal workspaces in GNOME? I, I didn't actually look into it. Like, did, is it like a huge change or something? I'm pretty sure that they are changing. Like if you have GNOME and you open up, your, your workspaces are vertically laid out. Um, and in the next, in GNOME 40, I think, they're, they're horizontally uh, laid out instead. I think it's better, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, there are risks to, to changing things, but personally, I, I don't use workspaces that much. So um, I don't know. I... I, the risks are that you alienate people. I mean, if you know anything about GNOME, they don't care about alienating people. <laughs> they, they they like to make decisions that can that that uh, can irritate existing users. That's for sure. Oh yeah, they love yeah. it. I, I I love GNOME. I think it's great. So I, I wish that I had more of an answer for you, Veronica, because this. You know, personally, I, like I said, I don't really use workspaces that much. Uh, and the risks are you're, you're, you're going to irritate your, your users. But really, I don't think that there's going to be uh, that much of a change. Like, if it's going vertizon- vertizonically, there you go. Horizontally or vertical. Vertizonically, yeah. That's... <laughs> Vert- <laughs> Diagonal is the vertizonically. Yeah, they should make it diagonally. That would, like, that would surely please everyone. Right. Yeah, you if you uh if you use the hotkey to go down one screen, you also have to use the hotkey to go over one screen as well and then you uh yeah. you have the basically to get to your apps you need to like Konami code your way through the <laughs> workspaces. Konami code, dude. Oh, that's great. Uh well, I think we're not going to be able to top that that one. Uh thank you Wolfgang for being here as always, my dude. Uh my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is uh this has been the Off Topical podcast. I've been your host, Gardner, and thank you for listening. Yes, and give us five stars on Apple or Spotify or whatever. None of that three, four stars crap. Absolutely. Do five stars only. Come on. Yes. (laughs) 